Some of the craziest speculation you'll find on the internet today surrounds the idea of the mark of the beast. Uh, Microchips, COVID-19 vaccines, Facebook. I mean, seriously, there are some people that are saying that because you hold your phone in your hand and put it up to your head. Uh, What if I told you that the mark of the beast is just a counterfeit to a command God gave Israel in the Torah and that this command is actually a tool that can help us obey him? I'll prove it to you in less than 10 minutes. Welcome, Bible nerds. I'm David Jesse. I believe that understanding the Bible in its historic, geographic, religious, and cultural context helps us see Jesus more clearly, love him more dearly, and follow him more nearly day by day. Thank you so much for listening. Um, Are you ready to talk microchips and satanic conspiracies? Then this isn't the right show for you. Welcome to Bible Nerds Daily. Uh, Last week I promised to talk about prayer this week. So why did I kick off today's episode with this Mark of the Beast talk? Well, on one hand, it's kind of fun. But the real reason is that the Mark of the Beast is just a symbol for idolatry. And any religious Jew over the past 35 years knows this. Uh, It's all of us Christians that are making up all these crazy theories. The Mark of the Beast idea comes from the revelation written by the Apostle John. It's Jewish apocalyptic literature. It has lots of symbols and metaphors in it. And it uses the Hebrew scriptures almost constantly. Um, The passage where the concept of the Mark of the Beast is, is Revelation 13. It says, The second beast was empowered to give life to the image of the first beast so that it could speak and could cause all those who did not worship the image of the beast to be killed. He also caused everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to obtain a mark on their right hand or on their forehead. Thus, no one was allowed to buy or sell uh, unless he bore the mark of the beast, that is, his name or his number. Uh, This calls for wisdom. Let the one who has insight calculate the beast's number for its man's number, and his number is, say it with me, Six, six, six. These verses are jammed with hints to passages in the Old Testament. Now, if you haven't listened to last week's series on Pardes, you might want to go back to it after today's show. These verses have several remes in them that can make for a really fun study. But the most important one is uncovered when we think about the mark being placed on the hand and on the forehead. This language is all over the Torah. The Mark of the Beast is sensational and mysterious and a puzzle that's really fun to try to solve. But so much of what you read and hear about it is fantasy. The Revelation tells the story of history from the other side of heaven. It's a spiritual story. And at its core is the war between Yahweh and Satan. What you must remember is that Satan is not only a liar, he's a fraud. He can't come up with anything new. He copies Yahweh and then distorts and twists and corrupts what is good.
This is what's happening with the mark of the beast. Satan is ripping it off from the greatest commandment. Deuteronomy chapter six, verses four through eight. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your might. And these words that I command you today shall be upon your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise. And you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. There it is. It's just like in Revelation 13, a mark on the hand and the forehead. This time it's the commandments of Yahweh. Whatever Yahweh is wanting Israel to do, it isn't a microchip or a one world economy or a 3D tattoo. So what is it? Why does Yahweh instruct Israel to bind the commandments on their hands and between their eyes? Is there some supernatural event taking place here? Of course not. Yahweh is helping Israel understand how important the commandments he's given them are. He wants Israel to own them in their very soul. He wants Israel to be thinking about them all the time, teaching them to their children from the moment they wake up until they go to bed, talking about them at home and away. Uh, Israel isn't supposed to literally bind these commandments on their hands and foreheads. Yahweh wants them to understand that everything they do, symbolized by the hand, should be directed by the commandments. And everything that they think about, symbolized by the forehead, should be guided by the commandments. Now, what does all this have to do with prayer? Ancient Israel took these instructions very seriously, even literally. They developed what are called tefillin. Uh, these are leather straps with the commandments on them. They wrap them around their arms and then put them in little boxes and, and wrap them around their foreheads during prayer. Jesus talked about these uh, when he accused the Pharisees of making their phylacteries, which is the Greek name for tefillin, uh, making them really big uh, so that people would think that they were more pious. Now, I know that I said that the instructions to place the commandments on our hand and forehead aren't to be taken literally, and it isn't. Um, but the Jewish sages learned an important lesson about physical reminders that they applied to this commandment. Physical actions can help us in our spiritual walk. When Jewish men wrap tefillin around their right arm and forehead, it's a physical action that helps them remember how critical it is that everything they think and do is filtered through the commandments of God. It's not magical, but it is very effective. Recently, I began to integrate this idea into my daily life. There are physical actions that I'm turning into habits, and these habits uh, help me refocus on spiritual truths. The Apostle Paul told the Corinthians in Thessalonica to pray without ceasing. Uh, now, I'm sure that Paul's religious upbringing had created many of these habits. 
So could these habits help us with the spiritual discipline of prayer? For the rest of this week, I'll be sharing some physical actions that ancient Israel practiced that would have helped them refocus their hearts on God. It's going to be really interesting and helpful. And uh, tomorrow we'll look at the Jewish practice of baptism. subscribe to the Bible Nerd Show wherever fine podcasts are found. Uh, you'll find this one there too. Uh, we have Bible Nerds Daily, a 10-minute show. It comes out Monday through Friday and then Bible Nerds Weekly, 15 to 30 minutes where we're going through the most Jewish of the Gospels, Matthew, in its historic, geographic, religious, and cultural context. That show comes out Sunday mornings. Subscribe today so you don't miss a single episode. If you want to understand the Hebrew context of the Bible the way Jesus would have understood it, you need to pick up Reading the Bible with Rabbi Jesus by Lois Furberg. It will help you dig into so many of these connections from the Hebrew scriptures. There is a link to purchase it in the show notes. It's also on the website. this podcast encourages you, challenges you, makes you scratch your head, makes you go to the internet and see if this is crazy stuff that I'm talking about is accurate, then pay it forward. Check out the ministry of One Child. One Child brings hope to hard places by helping children who live in extreme poverty. They are living on less than $2 per day. But our child champions are changing their lives. Uh, for just $39 a month, that's $1.30 a day, uh, these child champions are providing food, education, medicine, and the gospel of Jesus Christ from people who love them and care for them. Uh, your extra, your $1.30 per day can be a child's everything. Check out the link in the show notes. Go to the website, thebiblenerds.com. Look at that one child tab to learn more. And last thing, if you want to stay up to date on everything going on with the Bible Nerds, all of our new content and new initiatives that are going to be coming out in the next uh, few months, uh, then go to thebiblenerds.com. Again, thebiblenerds.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, and you can like our Facebook page, and we'd love to see you on there. always baffles me that so many Christians believe that baptism is a Christian idea. It was around long before John showed up on the scene. And have you ever wondered where 3,000 people were baptized on the day of Pentecost? But all that's for tomorrow. For now, just go read your Bible.